Hi, and welcome to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at koldodi.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Koldodi Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. A Little Town of Bethlehem, that's the title. So Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. We pray open that you speak to us now. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for this time. Pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. In Yeshua's name, amen. It was December 22nd, 1995, when we were living in Kfar Saba, Israel, uh, I remember picking up the newspaper and seeing on the front page, Bethlehem goes back, basically Bethlehem goes back under Palestinian control. Bethlehem was the sixth West Bank city. We were living there for, during that year, those, those 95, 96, with our family, uh, Francis and I and Samuel Nashira. Bethlehem was the sixth West Bank city to come under Palestinian rule in accordance with the Oslo Accords following Jericho, Janine, Tulkarm, Nablus, and Kalkilia. We lived right against, real, right next to Kalkilia, and we used to joke and say, Kalkilia, don't go to Kalkilia, they can kill you. Um, it was what we felt. Um, there were, in those days, there were a lot of bombings. Um, we actually were in the Tel Aviv, in Tel Aviv, in the big mall in Tel Aviv, uh, during Purim time, uh, the day before, a huge bomb exploded and killed many people in that, in that uh, mall. And we were saying, you know, God just spared us because if we'd been there one day, or one day uh, later, uh, you know, we could have been killed in that, in that. They actually built, started building walls, you know, a wall to protect, uh, and, and the bombing stopped. Uh, after that, most of the bombings, so those kinds of bombings. So, when I read in this that day, in those days, you picked up newspapers, you know, whether it was Jerusalem Post or whatever. Uh, you know, actually, I read newspapers in those days. When I read Bethlehem, back under uh, Palestinian authority, now my heart sank. It just like, whew. why the birthplace of the King of King David and of Yeshua? the Messiah of Israel, the geographic origin of the Christmas story being celebrated by millions around the globe was no longer under the control of the Jewish people. It was now under Muslim control. Something about that just made my heart completely sink. Yeshua ripped away from his, his roots. The prophecy that we're going to look at now, Micah, Micha, let's say Micha. Micah, the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 1 or 2, depending on your translation. And then spoken about and we read in the story in the New Covenant, Matthew chapter 2 and Luke 2, especially Matthew. And sure enough, sad to say, while in 1950, 86% of the city of Bethlehem was Christian, in 2016, it was 12%. 
Today, it's a huge migration out of Bethlehem after that. Today, it's even less. And it's very difficult for Christians living there. Tzrim in, in the Hebrew, the, there are the, there's the word for Christians. In the survey conducted, nearly half of Palestinian Christians indicated they feel that Muslims do not wish to see them in what they see, what they still call Palestine. There's, a, there's discrimination against them when seeking employment, and their economic situation is very bad. One-third have been called, according to this survey, a non-believer or crusader by Muslims. Christian tourists will still trek to Bethlehem, even with the war going on this Christmas. It won't be a holly, jolly Christmas, or at least nothing like it could be. The Christmas story, as it's told in Scripture, is an, is an entirely Jewish story recorded by Jewish authors recounting the fulfillment of promises made over the course of three millennia to the Hebrew people. The coming of the Messiah Deliverer, the kinsman redeemer the king of King Mashiach, King Messiah. But his first visit must be as the suffering servant, the one who would give his life to redeem Israel from her sins and launch her with the remedy message of life over death to all the nations. And so the Hebrew prophets not only foretold his birth location, but also its time before the destruction of the second temple, the prophet Daniel, and its manner, a miraculous sign, a miraculous virgin birth. Prophet, whose prophet prophesies that? Which prophet? Isaiah, right? Yeshiahu, Isaiah, the miraculous virgin birth, Isaiah 7, 14, and 9, 6 also in a sense. And its purpose, its purpose to remove sin, the sin of the world, whole sin of the world, sin of the entire world, amazing. Isaiah, Zechariah, these prophets. But let's read this, chat, this prophecy. We're just gonna focus on this one this morning. Micah 5, 1, the Micah prophecy Let's, so turn there, if you have your Bibles, Micah 5.1 or 5.2, depending on your translation. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, it says, you, Bethlehem Ephrata, least among the clans of Judah, might translate thousands, could read either way, from you will come out to me one to be ruler in Israel, one whose goings forth are from of old, from days of eternity. What a prophecy. And let's read a little further. You know, Tabet Lechem Ephrata Sa'ir, least Lihiot Be'alefe Yehuda, from the clans of Judah, from thousands of Judah. Mimcha Li, from you to me will go forth. Yet say, Lihiot Moshal to be a ruler, a ruler be Israel in Israel. And then his goings forth, Mekedem from his matse, from Mekedem from the from of old, Mimei Yede Olam, from the to the days of eternity. This is the prophecy of the Bethlehem, the house of bread. Bethlehem is a house of bread in Hebrew. Beit Lechem house house really is a home in Hebrew. House, the home of bread, least among the clans of Judah. And then it continues, just to get an idea of all this, this is a very messianic passage, not only dealing with the first coming, but then actually deals with the second coming where the Messiah will restore Israel to, the, to their land and be their shepherd once again. They will, 
Then he, therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor, she could be Israel here, it can also be Miriam, who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brothers, remnant she'erit, repeats itself several times in this, past, in this chapter as well as in the other prophets, the remnant of Israel the, the, uh, will return to the children of Israel. So he will arise and tend his flock. What a ber- verse in verse 3. With the strength of Adonai. He'll arise, tend his flock, flock of Israel, the shepherd of Israel, with the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live, se- they will live securely, for then he will be great to the ends of the earth. This is the second coming. This is the kingdom. This one will be shalom. What a verse. Verse 4. This one will be peace. He is our peace. He is our peace. In Colossians 1.20, Ephesians 2.14, the author of peace. When Assyria invades now, it's dealing with the, 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 all the nations are going to come against Israel. And this is one picture of it here with, along with the other prophets in the end of days. But the Lord's going to win. The, the battle. He's going to come and be the champion. So Bethlehem is the place. Now there were two Bethlehems and so the prophet clarifies which one. Bethlehem Ephrata, meaning house of bread and fruitful. Ephrata, fruitful. Both refer to the fertility of the region. So this one who comes from here will bring sustenance and new life. He'll bring health, provision, bread. He's the bread of life. Yeshua said in uh, John 6.35, right? I am what? The bread of life, right? He who uh, believes in me, he who uh, trusts me will not have, never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. He's the bread of life from the home of bread. Think about it, John 6.35. He brings sustenance, provision, new life. Now, we would think where the Messiah, where where would he be born? Where would you think he should be born, typically? Jerusalem. If God chooses, think, if God chooses a person today, a man or a woman, he or she must come from London or Paris or New York City. No, God uses quirky, meager birthplaces for his servants. And it must be Bethlehem. Not another city or town or village. How many pseudo-messiahs were born elsewhere? Many false messiahs. Well, we can discard them all if they weren't born in Bethlehem because the Messiah has to be born in Bethlehem. They're disqualified by their lack of credentials. Bethlehem was the birthplace of King David, 1 Samuel 17, 12. In Matthew's account of the story, he calls it Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Matthew 2, 6, also it's mentioned, the same phrase, 1 Samuel 12, 17, 12. The land of the tribe of Judah, from whom the Messiah had to come. He had to come from the tribe of Yehudah, Yehuda, the tribe of Judah, right? It's evident, uh, matter of fact, it comes to mind, Hebrews 7, 14, it's evident that our Lord sprang from Judah, the tribe of Judah. Now Micah emphasizes the insignificance of Bethlehem. It's not even mentioned in the list of cities of Judah in Joshua 15 or Nehemiah 11. Yet, his point is that although it's a small town of no account, it will see greatness when it produces a ruler 
in Israel, the Messiah. Like David, think about it, like David, like David, insignificant, the last to be thought of as being king. Remember the story? Completely overlooked by all. Love the story, don't you? First Samuel 16, completely overlooked by everybody, even his dad, everybody, especially his brothers, but even by his dad, everyone. Messianic Judaism can never compete with, messi- with mainstream Judaism. We don't have the money or the numbers. <laughs> We're not popular. Some will not identify with us because they don't want to be unpopular or rejected. Messianic Judaism can never compete with mainstream Christianity and mega churches, at least right now. <laughs> Many Jewish believers would rather go to a large mega church and just blend in. The important thing is calling. Where are you called to plug in? To be discipled and to serve. That's the issue. You follow me. Peter, you follow me. Get your eyes off it. It's not what not what's popular you're going to give account to me follow me it's not what did he do not what she do it's what are, or they're doing it's what are you called to do you follow me that's the issue right you won't give account to someone else you'll give account to the lord and i'll give account to the lord we aren't looking to be popular we're looking to be obedient amen to be obedient to our calling all of us jew and gentile all of us whoever we are that's the issue. That's all that matters when it comes down to it, the end. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Little town. So inauspicious, so unpromising. Do you feel little? Do you feel little? I sometimes feel little being five foot six or seven. I don't know. I haven't measured myself in years. I don't know what. Five foot seven, playing pickleball against guys that are six foot five sometimes. I feel really, but I don't feel intimidated by it. I want to say, I, I love, the, love the challenge. This word, least, five one, I'm the, Bethlehem is the least, is the least. It's tsair, let's say tsair. Guess what it means? Limited. Oh, this is so beautiful. Bethlehem, you're the least. You're limited. It means younger, lacking value, insignificant, fewer. It's not because you are more numerous than all the peoples that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you are the least of all the peoples, Deuteronomy 7, 7. Israel, a tiny nation, look at the map, surrounded by many, many millions of enemies on all sides. The IDF, by the way, as someone just recently mentioned, the IDF is a defense force. Israeli defense force. That's what it stands for. Not an aggressor force. Israel's wars have all been defensive. Not aggressive. I choose you, Moses, not for your eloquence of speech, but because you're not a man of words. You are a this is the Hebrew in Exodus 4.10. You are a heavy mouth and a heavy tongue. That's what God said. 
Moses, I choose you. You can't speak well. You're not going to be a great communicator. And that's why I'm going to use you. I'm going to communicate. You know, Wormbrand said this thing has this thing. He says if he didn't choose, he chose Moses because he wasn't. He said if he was, he would have gotten in a long debate with Pharaoh and, a break, and, and they never would have left Egypt. <laughs> David, the forgotten, the skipped over, the last to be considered. I love it. 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 through 12. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons when the prophet Samuel came to find the next king of Israel. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Yeah, he had seven sons. Oh, wait a minute. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the boys you have? Wait, he has more than seven sons, doesn't he? He has another one. He said, there's still the youngest, Ha-Katan. Ha-Katan, there it is. Let's say Ha-Katan. Ha-Katan. Ha-Katan, there's still the youngest, the little one, the youngest. But right now, he's shepherding the sheep. He's busy out with the sheep. He forgot about David. He didn't even think of him. Well, he said, no, it can't be him. He said, send and bring him. Get him here. Get him over here. Get him in here. And he brought him, and David says, he, it's an interesting description of David. He was, I think it's, I translate it, would translate, he was rugged or manly. Could be reddish, but rugged or manly. It's from Adam, Adama, the, 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 the earth, the red earth. Had beautiful eyes. David, clearly, that's translated, he had beautiful eyes. Beautiful eyes. And he was a good-looking guy. Said he was beautiful appearance. He was a handsome guy. And the Lord said, that's him. Arise, told Samuel, and anoint him, for this is the one. Arise and anoint him, this is the one. And again, later in David's life, remember, in facing, and they were all, can you imagine all the brothers, they were all jealous, they were all didn't like it. They were, you know, no one... Again, in facing the champion, Goliath, the giant, David's brothers didn't even, just discounted, it, discounted David. They tried to discourage him. They said, go back home. Just, you can't do anything. He said, it's interesting. If you read that account in 1 Samuel 17, he, he went from him to another. He didn't let it discourage him. He didn't just go home. He, he went from him. He said, turn to another and, and said, I'm still, I'm going to, who can, I can take this guy. I'm not afraid of this guy because it's not me. It's the Lord. The Lord wants to take, take him down. So I'm going to go. I'm volunteering. For you see your calling, brethren, brothers and sisters, not that not many are wise according to human standards, not many wise according to the flesh, not many powerful, not many are well born, born well. Yet God chose the foolish things of the world so he might put to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world so he might put to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly and despised things of the world, the things that are as nothing, so he might bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human might boast before God. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 to 29. Behold your king, Zechariah the prophet said, is coming to you, a righteous one, bringing salvation. Here he comes. He's lowly riding on a donkey, on a colt. 
a baby donkey, not prancing on a white horse. Now he will. He's going to come back on the white horse and a lot, of, lot with him, right? But not this first coming. And how about a young Joseph and Miriam? Joseph and Miriam, who traveled, I think it was about 90 miles to Bethlehem. The Lord picking them, picking them to bring the king into the world. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Look again at verse one, back at that. He says, from you to me, you Bethlehem Ephrathah, least among the clans of Judah, from you, the Hebrew reads, from you to me will come. From you to me, mim, mim ha li, from you to me will come out. God says, he's coming, to, he's, you're to me first. You're to my purposes. Think of how Yeshua lived. When I read that, I thought, Yeshua always said, everything I do, he says, is to the Father. It's the Father. I do everything to please the Father. And John, I think it's John 8, 29. He says, everything I do is to please the Father. My Father told me to do, say, says this, told, says this, so I do this. My Father, it's always my Father. I do the will of my Father. The works I do are not mine, but my Father's. Everything is the Father. He always lived first and foremost to do and to and for his father. That's the way we operate. That's the way. Your ministry is first to the Lord and secondly, secondarily to people. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. They gave of themselves, it says, listen to these verses. They gave of themselves first to the Lord and then unto us in the will of God. We give ourselves first to the Lord and then to us in the will of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, for we do not proclaim ourselves, well, that would get rid of a lot of ministries, by the way, <laughs> a lot of big ministries. Anyway. We do not proclaim ourselves, but Messiah Yeshua as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Messiah's sake. Wow. I'm your servant for Messiah's sake, but for his, his, his sake. We serve the Lord first. It's for the Lord. If we're serving people first, they'll be disappointed and you'll be disappointed. We're not in, but under the control of people, but under God. And that's the way God says it's from you to me. Mimcha li, from you to me, he came. And he's going to be the ruler in Israel, then it says. From you comes to me one who's to be ruler, Moshal. Let's say Moshal. Moshal, Moshal, Bias, Israel, ruler in Israel. So the servant, the Evid, he's the servant of the Lord, becomes, and this is a, a, a phrase used many times, a title many times in Isaiah, the servant songs, song, uh, songs in Isaiah. He becomes the ruler, the Moshal. Messiah came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. So ruler, servant first, and then he becomes the ruler. If we serve others, God will promote us. If we serve, God will promote. But if we're looking for position, he'll demote us. Speaking of this rule, the prophet Isaiah says, the people walking in darkness will see a great light 
Upon those dwelling in the land of the shadow of death, light will shine. For unto us a child is born, a son is, will be given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Pael Yoetz, Wonderful Counselor. Uh, then Mighty God, El Gibor, Aviad, Father of Eternity, and Prince of Peace. Beautiful. Isaiah 9, 1, and 5. Isaiah goes on to say, of the increase of his government in Shalom, there will be no end. And then he says, on the throne of David. On the throne of David. So David, here's the rule of David again. David, city of Bethlehem, city of David. David was promised that the Messiah would come through his seed and that it would endure forever. 2 Samuel 7, Psalm 89 and 132. A descendant of David would always be sitting on, his throne, on the throne, legally fulfilled through Joseph and biologically fulfilled through Miriam. This would be known as the Davidic dynasty and would be how the whole world would be redeemed or come to salvation. That would be how it happened. And is not this what every human heart yearns for? A world where peace prevails where justice and righteousness reign, corruption is eliminated, prejudice punished, evil expunged, Messiah, the perfect ruler on the throne. It's going to happen one day. For the Torah, the law will go forth, the Torah will go forth from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations, decide for many peoples. They'll beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, nor will they learn war anymore. It's going to happen, but he's going to have to judge, judge the, unright, the, the evil first, get rid of it. And lastly, it says his goings forth are from of old. Mekedem, these are theophanies. His appearances, his pre-incarnate appearances. Mekedem, let's say Mekedem. You know, this, the band Mekedem, that's where it comes from, this verse, this, this word. Theophanies, like Genesis 14, to Melchizedek, or, or to the three, the three men uh, that were angel, that were two angels and the Lord in Genesis 18, to Abraham, Daniel 3 and 6, Dan, Dan, Daniel and so on. So in creation, whether it's in creation or in appearance to, appearances to the patriarchs and throughout the Tanakh. And from the days of eternity, Mime Olam, let's say that one, Mime Olam. Messiah, Yeshua, always existed. He's the eternal son. He always was. He pre-existed. He always existed. He's the, he's the word made flesh. Proverbs 30, verse 4, John 1, chapter 1, and John 8, and John 10. I and the Father won many verses in Scripture. He always, from the days of eternity. The rest of Micah 5, as I said, describes the second coming, is rest, the restoration of Israel to her land, and he's once again being her shepherd and being shalom. He's our shalom right now, and, and uh, Micah describes, as do the prophets, Joel 3 and chapters 3 and 4, or 4, depending on the translation again, how they divide the chapters, Zechariah 12 and 14, uh, and Ezekiel 38, 39, the combined attempt of the nations in a colossal attack to wipe out Israel. Messiah will be the champion in that hour. It's going to happen, he's going to, but he's going to intervene. All anti-Semitism from Pharaoh to Hamas is rooted in Satan's hatred for what God loves, his people, and an attempt to discredit and lie against what is true, his word. 
His word is true. Everything, it's all it's rooted in. But the Lord will prevail and the Lord will win and the Lord has given many prophecies of, uh, you know, about his birth, but this is the one we wanted to focus on today. So thank you that you chose Bethlehem, Lord, the least. It's a little town, and you choose little us, all of us, Lord. You choose each one of us to do our part, Lord God, and use us in your, in your grace and in your will as we're available to you, Lord, that we live unto you, not unto men, not unto people first, but unto you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, your, for the, uh, this beautiful promise and everything that you have spoken will come to pass. If you've never uh, received Yeshua, we always want to give an invitation for you. If you're listening somehow, you're watching online or you're here and you've never received Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, maybe you came with a friend, this is the opportunity. We just want to invite you to say yes to God. Say, give, open your heart to God and say, yes, Lord, I want to know you. I want to have a new birth. I want to come into your, 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 your kingdom, your family. Just have this new experience. I want to be forgiven of my sins and uh, have freedom in my life. Have a, he can do a miracle. He is a God of miracles. He'll do it right now. There's nothing he can't do. He's a powerful, powerful, powerful God and he loves you and he'll do it right now. He, and, and, and if you're hearing his voice, it's because that's how much he loves you because he, brought, he's, he wants you for himself. So say yes to him. Yes, Yeshua. Yes, Jesus. Come into my life. I receive you. I receive you. And if you're praying that prayer, then he's doing it. Uh, he's doing it. Wash me from my sins. Make me new. And there'll be someone up here to pray with you. You can pray with them after the service. Please come and share that with them so they can just pray with you or write us if you're watching and we'll, we'll contact you back. Father, we thank you and praise you. Bless your people now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.